right, mate? How you doing? All right, mate. Is that what I sound like? Oh my god, that was the worst out of all of them. Should I give a little intro on uh, Utility Click? No. And who we are? Okay. No. Okay, we'll leave that then. Scripted. It is scripted a little bit. Nobody cares about Utility Click. Nobody, nobody cares about me or you or Utility Click. That's probably fair. I feel like we need a hook to get them back for the next episode. They're going to be like, I met someone really, really interesting this weekend who, in a good way, did not stop talking about energy procurement. I like how question time is a signifier of a good weekend for you. Energy procurement and energy software, you can pretty much talk about that in any environment. So if I was to introduce a podcast, I'd just be like, all right, should we start the US podcast now, do you think? I thought that was the podcast. That was, it. that was it starting. <laughs> that was really relaxed. That was the first two to three minutes. Yeah, no, that was nice. Right. That was nice. That was a good introduction. Yeah, yeah I'm good, thanks. Good. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. We actually have uh, our neighbours are having um, solar panels installed at this moment, so it's the scripted. Well, it is scripted a little bit, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's quite. I thought it's quite apt for an energy podcast to get some uh, are they, background noise. Are they? Any solar panels? Are they the? Are they thin? I was. I was under the impression that solar panels over time are becoming thinner and thinner, so they actually look more appealing when they go on people's houses. I haven't seen them out of the van yet, but they're just making a lot of noise, so I thought I'd mention it. Oh, so they haven't actually installed them No, yet. no, they've just, just arrived. They came. They arrived before we started this call, so... Yeah. Oh, so did was was this the first time you knew that solar panels were being installed on the house? They told us uh, at the weekend they were coming, they were coming this week to, to uh, make sure we move the cars, so, yeah. But not oh, on our no. house, just on our neighbour's house, but... Um, wasn't Elon Musk involved in some kind of solar panel project where they, he was making he, them? I think he's. I think he's bought. He's bought land in. Is it Nevada or somewhere like that? Where he's going to build like super solar farms. I thought he was involved but, in making the tiles for the roof or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think, I think I actually did a post on that in the Utility Click early days. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So like actual roof tiles. The solar, which I think is a really good idea. They're so ugly, aren't they? The big panels on roofs. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, anything like that. Although I have seen some go up that that look quite nice, and I get the payback on them and everything like that. It's just, I don't know, more more hassle than it's worth. Yeah, well, I think especially in the UK, you don't, you don't get the benefits you used to, do you? I think. That's no. Not bad anyway, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah, um, it's good. It is good that it's a Friday. I always feel I always feel at least thirty five percent better on a Friday, at least. Um I don't know whether it really starts kicking in in the afternoon because it's still morning and you've still got to get through the day, but Fridays are Thursday Thursday evenings are great as well. Mm. I think Thursday evenings are starting to become my favourite time of the week. Yeah, I like a Thursday. Because but then I'm trying to remember how I always felt about it because I remember even when I worked at EQ and other places I'd get home news night not news night question time would be on at half ten when I was younger and I could stay up till that that late I'd watch that and I'd think do you know what it's Friday tomorrow I'm gonna before I jump on the tube I'm gonna go to the corner shop I'm gonna buy myself a LucasAid Sport I'm gonna walk to Arsenal train tube station with a spring in my step and probably walk into the office with a wry smile because it was always dressed down, down on a Friday as well. Mm. 
So, yeah, I don't know what it is, but Fridays really are great. I like how question time is a signifier of a good weekend for you. It probably shows a lot about your character. Yeah. I lo- do you know what? I used to love question time. <laughs> I don't, I haven't watched it now in age, uh, for ages. I think that's probably because of Amelia and the fact I get too tired mm. by that point. Or I don't know, actually. I just don't watch a lot of live TV. I do listen to podcasts on a Thursday night now. But anyway, loved question time. I loved question time with the exception of the questions from the audience which kind yeah right. which kind of negates question time i'd prefer it if it was just like time and <laughs> you didn't have the audience there because i don't know i just find the general public really 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 frustrating you don't care about joe blogs on the street you just want to hear the politicians you just want to hear the uh, the rough the rough but it's just so it's so annoying like you see some of them and they're like I don't know, some of the... They're not even questions sometimes. They're just... It's a barrage of abuse at them. Or or, or I find it... I don't know. Anyway, I find it... I just find it odd that people that are unqualified manage to get on TV and ask silly questions. Like unqualified people doing podcasts. Yeah. But but the difference is that we're we're awesome. Mm, And we talk... And... We talk about things that are generally interesting in, from a mainstream point of view. Energy procurement and energy software, you can pretty much talk about that in any environment. <laughs> Agreed? Well. <laughs> think, try and think of an environment where you can't talk. Like, if I go to the pub, can't at the moment, but when I used to go to the pub, and, oh, better example... If I'd gone a stag do and everyone's sitting around and they're drinking beer, smoking fags because we, you know, we're boys and everyone's sitting around and they're thinking, this is awesome out in the sun. And then I think I'm going to take this conversation up a notch. (laughs) And then I just start talking about something really specific, like, I don't know, KVA analysis against half hourly data. And you've got them. You've got them. They're gripped. And you you can you can take that conversation from an energy point of view in any direction you want, and you know that when they all go home and they see their family and everything like that, they're going to go. Thank goodness I'm home. <laughs> no, they're going to be like, I met someone really really interesting this weekend, who in a good way did not stop talking about energy procurement. Okay, first dates maybe maybe that's one with it probably wouldn't work. Interesting. So first date with Haley. Um, she was telling me we it obviously gets onto the topic of what we what you do professionally, and she was saying about how she was a teacher. You know, nod, nod, nod. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And then she turned around and said, "What do you do?" And I was like, "Here we go. This is this that is always the time on a first date when you're like, time for me to shine." Yeah, yeah. And then I explained to her for hours what I did, and. You know, all the perks that come with the energy world. Like, at the time, my 2006 Honda Civic. Um, you know, just just my happy-go-lucky attitude of working in the energy industry. She, she was thriving on it. And again, like, it's just... You know that next day when you've had a first date and you think, are they going to text? Yeah. She was always going to text. You knew. No, yeah. Yeah. The energy procurement side of things, it just... Very powerful. Yeah, it sounds like it. I've never had that as an arsenal for my first date weapon, but 
No, but then you've only been doing this for nine, ten, no, twelve months. It's your one-year anniversary. Soon, it is, isn't it? yeah, coming up to my yeah my anniversary. Yeah, so I'm completely new to uh, energy, but yeah, it's a shame, really. I could have used it to great effect. It sounds like, but you still can. I think that's you haven't got in too late. There's still so many interesting topics that you can talk about. Like even like last week, I'll be sitting down with Haley and I'll start talking to her about, um, like, uh, I think it could be anything. I, I I talked to her the other week about uh, the rollout of AMR metering, romantic, and how the expectation was that for O five to O eight meters, it would be done by two thousand and twelve, and I explained to her that it wasn't. Like we all knew. I'd said to her, we all knew when these timescales came in that off-gen were never going to hit it and they didn't and then I told her it went a year back and then it went a year back after that and she was fuming (laughs) she was furious about it she was so angry about it she went to bed and didn't talk to me for two days afterwards she was that angry oh I thought you were going to say it took her back to the first date and you know she was reminisced yeah misty eyes about how you first met but yeah no. no, but that's yeah. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. So that's the that's the power of mm. that's the power of energy. Insert mm. the uh, power of love song here. If we could get the copyright. Should we start? <laughs> should we start the US podcast now? Do you think? I thought that was the podcast. Well, don't my know. first my first date with with Haley. I thought that was it. That's it. Well, that lays the seeds, and you know, people understand yeah. more about you then. Should I give a little intro on uh, Utility Click? And no. Who we are. Okay. No. Okay. No. We'll leave that there. No. No. Nobody cares about Utility Click. Nobody. Nobody cares about me or you or Utility Click. That's probably fair. So okay. don't. I don't. Don't even do an introduction on us either. Okay. A bit of background perspective then. So we we are obviously a software company that creates CRMs, energy broking software and software for suppliers. Um, we entered the US market about a year ago now, so there's been a, a big learning curve about how that differs from the UK. We're obviously used to dealing with UK brokers, but the USA is a very different beast. Uh, and we thought that might be interesting to, to kind of talk about our findings and what we found in, and for both UK and US brokers, how, how the two sides differ. Yeah, I mean... Because obviously both countries, as we let's just pretend we're starting as we're flying in, I guess. So we're flying in on our road trip, and because uh, that's a good place to see, is a very high-level view uh, it's uh, obviously two different, massive, differently different country sizes. So, a state in Texas, in uh, sorry, a state in the states is probably the same size, so something like Texas, the same size as the UK combined, if not bigger. So that's obviously an instant one. But there's obviously lots of big differences. Yeah, let's talk about big differences because uh, there's quite a few, um, and this is just the stuff that I learned. Obviously, um, having to adapt the system for the US. Um, the first thing won't come as much as a of a shock because you've already mentioned it it's the size of the us compared to the uk Did obviously we all that? know Sorry. that no no it's all right no no it's fine i'll, I'll talk to you about it afterwards <laughs> <laughs> um so you're not you're not dealing with apples and apples because in the uk it's all really really simple the the entire market is deregulated england scotland and wales entire deregulation so nice and easy to to work within that that territory. The US is just I mean it's like comparing the USA with Europe. Like all of the different states and 
um, you know, countries that sit within that. In the USA, you've got 40 states, 40 odd states, and only a small proportion of them are deregulated. And then some of those states that are deregulated are only deregulated for electricity and not gas or vice versa. So it's very, it's very different and it's actually much more complicated in the States. If I wanted to procure a multi-site portfolio in the UK, I can take all of those sites and I can approach the market. And generally speaking, you'd get suppliers that are coming in and they're pricing for everything because the whole market's deregulated. You can't do that in the States. If you've got Walmart or something like that, that's got locations across the entirety of, of the States because some of them will sit in regulated territories. Some of them will be deregulated. Some suppliers will price in one territory, but not another. So that's the biggest difference, first of all, is the fact that it's not only the size of the US, but you've got all of these different states that all operate in different ways as well. Is that a good overview? I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, I was, I remember when I was first looking at it with you, and just the like you say, the differences in between the two is quite, quite staggering. So uh, some states can only procure for uh, uh, commercial as well, can't they? And some for residential, and they've got that kind of yeah, as well. Yeah. So that's where yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and in terms of numbers as well, um, I mean, if you look at because I'll talk about this in a second, but if you look at uh, distributors in the UK, the DNOs, you've got 13 generally, the, D, um, the, the standard DNOs, you've got independent distributors as well, but generally you've got 13 DNOs, so it's nice and easy. In the States, of course you would expect it because of the landmass difference, but you've got over 3,000 utilities, the equivalent of distributors in the States. So by its very nature, it's going to be more complex in terms of management if you're operating across those different states mm. um, so that's a big difference um, in terms of brokers number of brokers in the states i mean it depends who you ask but generally speaking there's probably around about 2,000 brokerages in the states and then in the uk i don't know it's it's difficult because i don't really class one-man bands as proper brokerages i'm talking about the more established ones there's probably 400 to 500 in the UK. So there's big differences in numbers there. Um, suppliers, number of suppliers that sit out there. Like everything, like as you would expect if you're always looking at the USA, everything tends to be a bit bigger number-wise in, in the US compared to the, to the UK. So that's, yeah, that's the big difference. And then going back to that, the, the distribution company and the utility yeah. company kind of yeah. differences there, that's obviously also different. So the way that they operate out in the yeah. States. Yeah. Yeah, well, well. so the distribution companies in the UK um, are responsible, as you would expect, just for the distribution network and making sure that all works effectively, uh, available capacity for certain locations, you know, all of that stuff. It tends to be that's the only bit that they focus on. In the States, they call them utilities rather than distributors, um, the utilities are responsible for that. They're responsible for the distribution network. They're also responsible for the collection of usage information for the meters as well, which is, uh, that's a big difference because in the UK, you have data collectors or the suppliers operating as data collectors that obtain that data usage for the meters. So from a procurement point of view, um, if you need to go ahead and get half hourly data or any AMR data, you, you tend to approach the uh, data collector. In the States, it all goes through the utility. So you're collecting all of that information from the utility. So 
the distribution company in the UK isn't overly important. You need to know who they are, but that tends to be managed by the supplier. In the States, if you're a broker, you're contacting the utility, you're getting that usage information from the utility. So as an entity, they're a bigger player in the States than, than, than how it operates in the UK. Right. Um, and just leading on to that as well, like the, the other big difference, and there are other differences, but the other big difference is the role of the meter number um, in the UK and the States. Yeah, I was going to say, because when I first started learning the UK side of things, obviously the meter number was such a big point or big start point of the uh, procurement process. And to find out when we were uh, wrenching into the US that it really wasn't that important, um, or at least not, you know, not in that respect, well, it was quite a big surprise. Yeah, so in the UK, it's really important. If you're going to go and price in the UK, then you need the meter details. You need the top line as well, which accompanies the meter details, which will, if it's electricity, it will tell you what meter type it's going to be priced against if it's non-half hourly. Uh, it's all very convoluted and complex. Um, you need that information. You pass it across to uh, the suppliers. That will have all of that identification on it. In the States, the meter number is very irrelevant. It's effectively the meter serial number in the UK. They use account number IDs, um, or in Texas they call them easy IDs, which are the account references um, that they use to, to go ahead and procure on that basis. And it's just it's one account number, no top line or anything like that. Um, so that's a big difference. They're, even though they're both unique references, the meter number itself in the States isn't important. It's that account number that they go and use and procure with. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a different setup on that basis. Mm. Okay. Uh, it's probably a good place to end the first episode. I think we've done a good overview there of the very, you know, uh, high level bits there. Maybe next time we move into a bit more of a detailed approach. Yeah, uh, there are there are a lot more differences, but they're probably the main bits to kind of talk about first and foremost. I feel like we need a hook to get them back for the next episode or what something to look forward to. Well, maybe you could, you know, you, you told me about your smoke detector story the other day. Maybe we could uh, tank, dangle that <laughs> in front of our listeners. <laughs> I'm not going to be talking about that because that will make me sound mental. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But Andy, I've had an idea. Uh, how about we end on a, uh, a little marble kind of technique where you kind of, uh, after the credits roll, give them the people that are hanging on a little bit of a secret surprise? No. No? Nobody, no, no, for, there's a couple of things with that. Firstly, that sounds rubbish. Um, and secondly, I mean, we're lucky if anyone's listened to this. Leave alone hanging on till the end. So I wouldn't waste your time. not tell Andy about this bit but I thought I'd have this at the end okay nice little joke so how do you make an old dam release its water you give it a large tap <laughs>